You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, brought to you by Savage Arms. We all know that the human body comes in all different shapes and sizes. However, most firearms do not. That is why Savage Arms has rolled out their AccuFit system on the 110 platform. AccuFit uses interchangeable components that allow hunters to custom fit both comb height and the length of pull without taking their rifle to a gunsmith. In fact, the only tool you need is a Phillips head screwdriver. If you want to find out more information about the AccuFit customization system, visit savagearms.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And today we're talking about the Outdoor Foundation's Outdoor Participation Report. So this is a report that looks at participation in outdoor sports, outdoor activities, countrywide, nationwide. It's not just a hunting report. So it looks at kayaking, camping, hiking, anything and everything like that, outdoor activities. And they look at what types of trends they're seeing. And we thought it was interesting. We drew some in interesting parallels between the outdoor industry as a whole as compared to hunting so interesting conversation one caveat one warning i need to give you um after how many years of doing this podcast now i still apparently make newbie mistakes so i didn't have my good mic that i'm talking into right now plugged in at the beginning of this episode so you'll hear as we start talking about this report you'll hear um some clicking that's me clicking around in this report some clicking or tapping hopefully it's not too terribly annoying for you we catch it there uh, in the middle and uh i get things swapped over so <laughs> just bear with me sorry about that there's some clicking or, or tapping you're going to hear in this one but before we get into that and, and you get to hear my, <laughs> my, my newbie mistake, I want to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's Deer Sense is really Mastin's all kinds of sense because 
they've they're they're really expanding into the predator hunting category so if you're into predator hunting check them out mastonsdeersense.com is their website you can browse all of the different uh scents that they offer and not only just the scents they offer but the types of scent products so scented gel crystals scented candles for all different you know it's not just deer Uh, let me remind you it's not just deer they have like um rabbit dander candles that you can use in their double scent stacker so lots of cool stuff going on over there at mastin's if that's interesting to you, if it's something you do, predator hunting, check them out. Go to mastinsdeersense.com, order right on their website, and ship it right to your house. Now with that, let's get into our conversation with Jacob, Jeff, and myself. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so today we've got uh, a few kind of main topics, but just some other sort of update conversation, another... Um, we need a name for these, like hodgepodge type episodes. Um, I don't know. We'll have to think about that. But if you listeners have an idea on, you know, where we, we you know, it's not one main topic that we're going to discuss the entire time, let us know. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good name for that. But anywho, I guess let's start with updates. Anything you guys have been up to in the outdoors, or I've got a, a quick story I can start with. Go ahead. Tell your quick story, and then I'll All right. tell you what I've been doing. So, when before we, before we pressed record, I told you it's been kind of a crazy day. Well, part of the reason it's been kind of a crazy day is uh, our, as you guys know, the, the listeners might not know, we're on a cistern here, and so similar componentry to a well in that we have a pump here and a pressure tank that, you know, that's how we get water. Well, our pump started leaking over the weekend. It was leaking water on onto the floor. That's no good. Yeah. And thankfully, Ella and I were down there. We've got some, um, like, I call them workbenches, but I think they were more like display benches that were installed by the previous owner the reason i say that is they're too high to be workbenches. they're almost like chest level well yeah the weekend almost looks like he might have had like toy trains on them or something i don't know <laughs> well yeah, i think so because when we came and looked at the house before we bought the house when we came down into the basement these benches that are all around the unfinished part of the basement were covered in like Lionel train stuff, trains and oh, like the okay. little, the little shops and stuff that, you know, if you were going to build like a train scene. Right. And I don't know if he was buying and selling the stuff or, but yeah, it was all set up 
high. You know, it's not like countertop or, or workbench height. It was high. So it's you can put stuff up on there, but it's not real practical as a workbench. So anywho, long story short, we were down here over the weekend lowering all of that. And uh, I happened to walk down to the other end of the basement where the pump and the pressure tank and everything are. And there's water on the ground. Little investigative work. And I realized, crap, this pump's leaking. Call the cistern guy. He says I can be there on Monday. I'm, I'm actually down in southern Ohio for the weekend. But I can be there Monday. How bad's it leaking? I said, it's not, you know, we'll survive till Monday. So he shows up today. He's doing his thing. And he's in the basement. And I can hear either, you know, I can hear some sort of audio playing. I don't know if it was a YouTube video or a podcast, but I said, that it sounds, that voice sounds familiar. And so I kind of stopped and I listened and he's down there. He's got Jeff Sturgis. I, I know his voice, right? He's got Jeff Sturgis. He's, you know, does uh, like property, whitetail property management and growing big deer and that, you know, that sort of thing. All right. And I thought, oh, wonder if that's why he was in Southern Ohio. You know, he's got some property down there or whatever. He's a, he's a hunter. And so I asked him, you know, he was finishing up. I said, so you, you down in Southern Ohio, you, you got a hunting camp or something down there? He says, oh yeah. And uh, so we got to talking deer hunting and he's actually, he said, I don't know if you're on, on YouTube, you, you, you seen uh, Jeff Sturgis? I said, oh yeah, yeah. He, uh, him and the other guys that own They've got 40, 50 acres down there. Um, they're actually uh, in September, I guess he said. Jeff Sturgis is coming down. He's going to be in Ohio. He's got a, a handful of properties to to do work on. But, yeah, he, they paid him hmm. or they're going to pay him to come down and evaluate their property and give him, you know, write up a plan for them. So I thought, oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. So not me that's per cool. se, but, you know. I thought that was, I was like, well, I picked a good guy to, <laughs> to work on my, on yeah, my, uh, there you go. Here. Well, like, I mean, kind of piggybacks off of what we talked about last week though, too. Like you just never know Yeah. who is, you know, who's a hunter and who it's not, not every hunter wears camo and has a, you know, big giant buck sticker on their pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, uh, my outdoors quick story i guess is uh my wife kind of surprised our family with the that we were gonna pack up and go down to the camp down in southern ohio the cabin um, it was kind of a last minute decision she decided she just maneuvered some stuff with work and made it happen so that was nice we went down there um enjoyed our time took the kids down they love it down there you know but i've had the bright idea that you know, shed, it's time to look around for sheds. So I have two little kids. I knew I wasn't going to get too much out of them. So we're going to go on one hike. You know, we went down late Friday, came home Sunday. So I figured Saturday, midday, if it's not raining, we'll do one trip. I'm going to make it a good one. Um, so I, there's an oak flat. If you ever, I mean, I'm sure we've talked about it in our previous podcast. It's one of our popular hunting spots down there on the top of this hill it flattens out and there's a bunch of oak trees up there holds deer uh it's a good 
I mean, good spot to hunt. We've killed a lot of deer. Dad kind of has always hunted up there. We grew up with dad. That was dad's spot. So right. I uh, figured I got one shot at it. So we're going to hike on up to the top of this hill. My thought being we get up there, it clears out pretty nice once you're up there. Um, so the kids, you know, will be able to kind of roam around and walk around and we don't have to like be right next to them, holding them up. So they're not falling in a briar patch. Um, so I figured we'll hike on up there. Well, we managed, I had to carry my son the second half all the way up the hill. So we get all the way up there. I'm sweating. He's selling me his legs don't work. (laughs) Lily and my wife. Lindsay had, you know, they finally made it up and we weren't up there for 10 minutes and they were ready to go home after I hiked all the way up there with them. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a failure. Oh, bummer. You know, my eyes were bigger than my stomach, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I did end up finding one shed down there, not on that trip. Um, We had take, we went back to the cabin and laid my son down for a nap and I snuck away as I do when I'm down there. I go on a short little walk and then that turns into a longer walk and that turns into being gone for hours. <laughs> so I thought, oh, I'm just going to walk this flat. And then next thing I know, it's like, well, I'm going to go up this hill and follow this trail. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm nowhere near the cabin anymore. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I did find one shed. It was an old one, though. It wasn't a fresh one. And believe it or not, it was in a spot where we walked, I guarantee we walked right over it doing a deer drive this year, but with the weather and the snow, there's just no way you could have saw it, but it was right on a hill face that we did a deer drive across. So easy to walk past them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that was, that's kind of my extent of, uh, my outdoor time is we took a trip down South and had a good time, found one old shed, cut firewood, and kind of clean the cabin up so cool jeff you got anything yeah so uh my you know this this fall deer season will will be a little bit more personal for me um tuesday on my way home from work uh i got off work a little early uh, about four o'clock you know so uh there was a lot of traffic you know people who got off off work at, at four all heading home so there's a good amount of traffic going both ways on the road um you know it's a it's a two-lane road but you know country highway speed limits 50 or 55 and uh going down the road and there's a line of cars coming the other way and you know it's like four or five cars coming the other way and after the first car goes by, I notice, oh, wow, like a deer just hit the side of the road on the other side of the, you know, and then turned back, you know, so, as you know, between the first and the second car. Second car goes by and right behind it comes a deer. Nothing I can do. It runs into the driver's side window of my car oh i mean just smashes i mean it 
I, you know, boom. And I, <laughs> you know. So you were going full speed? I was going, yeah. I was probably going, yeah, there was nothing I can do. The, the, the most I did was turn my wheel a little bit, you know, to yeah. try to swerve a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, and I was probably going, I mean, I was going 55, 60 miles an hour. Oh, wow. And I, I whacked this. I mean, it was a boom. And I'm thinking the whole side of my car is torn off. You know, I mean, I whacked it. Yeah. So I, I you know, drive a little bit further. So like to find a place where I can pull off i pull off all the cars behind me go you know drive i pull into a driveway and i was like well first thing i should do is you know if 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 i killed this deer i should get it off the road you know so i turn around to go back the other way and uh there was a car coming back the other way now who saw me hit that deer and you know like waves at me to you know roll down my window and he said you hit that deer right like are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm i'm fine you know and i'm thinking how does this guy not know that i hit that deer like you know i'm sure the whole side of my car is caved in (laughs) right you know (laughs) And, and then I was like, yeah, and he's like, oh, and he looked at my, you know, looked at my car and said, yeah, I can, you know, I can tell now. Um, but I said, you know, did you see what happened to the deer? And he said, yeah, you know, you hit it, it fell down. I think the car behind you may have ran over it a little bit, but then it got up and ran off, you know, and it ran across this field and it, it's, you know, it made it all the way across the field and into those woods. You know, it oh, took wow. off. It it seemed to be fine. So I'm like, all right. So I then pull into another driveway, driveway of a business, and get out to look at my car. You know, because I'm thinking the whole car is just yeah. going to be smashed up. I had a lot of mud, a lot of hair, um, because where this deer hit its face like you could see a imprint of its face on my you know i have like a little little window uh right by my rear view mirror you know like it's not my roll down driver's side window but there's a little window there and it its face you could see an imprint of its face on that little window (sighs) And then there was mud, you know, like on my window and deer hair, like in the trim of my back driver's side window. And then it just dented uh, a little spot right by the door handle and uh, like creased the door a little bit. And that was all the damage there was. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it still is going to cost an arm and a leg to get fixed. Yeah. But I, it, 
it didn't do much damage. Um, had wow. I been a fraction of a second slower, that deer would have came through my my front windshield. Oh man! You know, I mean, I I barely barely you know hit it with the side. Well, it it barely hit me instead of I me hitting it. Yeah. Right. You know, it ran into the side of my car instead of me hitting it. I mean, even like a millisecond, right? It its head would right. have been in front of the A pillar instead of just behind. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was close, and I mean, I was going full speed. You know. Not many people probably hit a deer going that fast. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm Jeez. glad you're okay. Yeah. How close were you to home? Like, is this a resident deer that you're... No, it, was, it, was, it wasn't It was. It was too far from Jason's house, actually. Oh, okay. I was... I don't so know, Jason, maybe... look for the... Jason, you have to look for the deer without a head. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> The blue paint smeared on its fur. Yeah. 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 Funny story. Actually, my wife, a friend of from of hers from work, lives, you know, a hundred yards from where I hit this deer. Oh, really? Yeah. And they own a a bigger chunk of property. And we told them, like, go look. You know, there might be a dead deer, you know, that got that I hit, you know, yeah. in your woods. And they 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 went out and looked just to see, and they said, "No, nah, we didn't see anything." Yeah. Hmm. But I there. I mean, there was nothing I could do. I, you know, I never would have expected a deer to cross a road like that. Yeah. You know, sneak in between cars like that. And yeah, I I whacked it. <laughs> And I, I was on the phone you know, with my wife, actually. You know, I was on the phone through the car speaker. And I saw the first deer and, you know, was like, oh, crap. And Amber was like, what? And then she just heard. And then I said, oh, crap, again. And then she just hears thud. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then i said you know some profanities and she's like what just happened i said i just hit a freaking deer (laughs) you know because the first deer i was thinking wow that was a close call you know like had that deer stepped out into the road that other guy would have smacked it you know there was nothing that other guy could have done right and then right i mean right on his bumper you know the end of his car this deer came across wow well that sucks but yeah like you said it could have been could have been a lot worse yeah yeah all right so i guess along the lines of deer jeff you had mentioned that they they found the second wild deer in ohio to test positive for cwd you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, the second, you know, we've had just had the second uh, wild deer in Ohio test positive for CWD. Um, it actually was 
almost in the exact same area as the first year that tested positive. Um, the first year that tested positive uh, was taken on private land, um, but it was very close to Kildeer Plains wildlife area. Um, late season, they had a controlled hunt at Kildeer Plains wildlife area. And they tested all the deer that were harvested at that controlled hunt. And a mature doe from that hunt tested positive for CWD. So okay. it was it was only it was within two miles of the the last year to test positive. So I mean I guess it's a good thing that the you know, it's all in one area, kind of, you know, like, but it's also really bad because it's that other deer wasn't just a fluke. Right. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just some freak accident or, you know, false positive or whatever. Yeah. You know, because I mean, I think that everyone kind of knew that that was doubtful that it was just a fluke, but everyone was kind of hoping that that was what the case was yeah yeah i mean i guess for me i'm kind of surprised they didn't find more than that you know i would think you find one and then you increase your testing in that area and it's like oh yeah it's here you know yeah and i mean it's kind of surprising where it popped up you know in ohio you know i don't think we'll ever know how it got there right you know but it's it's surprising um i guess a good thing though is that it it is so close to a you know a odnr owned property that they they may have a little bit more control and resources to you know control the spread you know, they don't have to worry about a lot of other landowners or, sure, you know, yeah. they it's I mean, the outbreak is on their property, basically. So, right. Yeah. May, may, maybe that's a blessing. Maybe it's not. But it it's definitely not what I think anyone would have expected of how CWD would come to Ohio, where we would find it. And, right. You know. Yeah, I mean, it like <clears throat> we did the you know that episode in the past, and it, it yeah, it's like it doesn't make a ton of sense, right? I mean, you would have expected it to slowly sort of migrate across the state lines from states that have existing known CWD cases, you know, and that doesn't really seem to be what's happened, right? Yeah, or. Or whether it's justified or not, you know, uh, deer farms are seen as being a big, big culprit. Right. So you would think like, oh, this deer farm, you know, had an outbreak of CWD and it got to the wild population. But that doesn't seem to be the case here. You know, there there isn't really known captive deer populations in that area. Right. Yeah. So... We'll continue to monitor that and and keep everybody updated as uh, we find out more information and 
when we hear more things, you'll hear more things. So, so believe it or not, my dad just the other day got pictures of bucks still holding their antlers, but I think most of them have shed or will be shedding. And that means new antler growth and nutrition. So antlers require mineral and nutrition to grow. Does need nutrition for fawn development and producing milk for the fawns to nurse. So monster white tail grub is what you need for that nutrition. Check them out. They've got their signature monster white tail grub feed, which is a high protein feed. It's got mineral mixed in, which keeps the deer coming back. Even after the physical feed is gone, they have their straight mineral, which I know a lot of you like to run in the spring. We do too. So check them out. Monster white tail grub. Go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors and there's links to, to get in touch with them, order their product, and help your deer's nutrition this spring. I guess along those lines, though, is, as far as, you know, CWD and its potential impacts on, you know, hunter participation or, you know, people feeling safe to eat wild deer meat, Jeff also... Uh, brought up this 2020 outdoor participation report that was done by the Outdoor Foundation. Now, this isn't specific to Ohio. This is national, a national report. The Outdoor Foundation is out of uh, Colorado. But it's got, we could could and, and may talk about this more because there's, it's a 25 page document and there's a ton of interesting information in here so they talk about uh you know demographics of people that are participating the type of outdoor activities that they're participating in um you know diversity like hispanic black americans asians caucasians uh, male versus female youth I think they they break down youth into two different categories. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. So they had yeah six, six to, 12. to twelve and yeah, yeah. and then thirteen like, to seventeen. Yep, you got it. Yeah. So lots of information. And when I was originally looking through this, you know, because they pull out, uh, you know, they they. They put this report together. They obviously got their raw data, and then they put this report together. And a lot of what they're talking about is, you know, hiking, camping, uh, biking, whether it's like BMX biking or mountain biking or, you know, and it's like, well, this is, you know, I feel offended that they left hunting out. Well, then when you get when you get down into the actual data here hunting is in there it just doesn't it just doesn't rank as you know some of the key findings of like the most popular or you know gaining market share if you will among women or you know that sort of thing so that's why it wasn't really mentioned in the report they did ask about it but one one question, and I don't know, if Jeff, if you had more time to look into this. I was trying to understand so that the the participate 
participant activity. They have this table of participant activity and they've got everything, archery, adventure racing, backpacking, bicycling, and bicycling is bro broken down into road, mountain, BMX, or just BMX biking, mountain on non-paved surfaces. You know, so they've got a couple different bicycling categories, bird watching, camping, and they've got a couple different camping categories. So on and on and on. And so they're giving a, a number and then a percent. I, I'm not clear what that number is. Is that like participation days or? I think the the number is the number of outdoor recreants who said that they do that specific recreation. Oh, okay. So yeah, the number of people that they surveyed who said that they do participate in outdoor recreation so that that is a recreation that they do. Got it. So I guess that makes more sense because I was thinking that it was like the number of days that people reported participating in that or, you know, mm -hmm. if that's what they were reporting, that's not really a, a an accurate snapshot of hunting i wouldn't say because you have a very limited season in which you're allowed to hunt right a, right. a lot of you know biking running hiking right camping some of that probably falls off in the colder months but like you know hunting it's you're either allowed to do it during this time or you're not you know and so i was like right. well, i don't know that this is super accurate but if it, but if it's what you're saying yeah um the number of people that reported participating in that then that's yeah i guess that's probably uh, a a better like apples to apples comparison yeah and one thing i found very interesting you know a data point that they had that i found very very interesting was that of outdoor recreators the percent that report hunting hasn't really gone down over time you know the number of people participating in outdoor activities has gone down so so has hunters but it's not disproportional you know hunting isn't disproportionately going down you know it's staying steady at about five percent to the number of people that to the number of people that report participating in any outdoor activities, right? right? That, yeah, right, okay. right. So it's it's not necessarily a hunting problem; it's an outdoor activity problem, if yeah. you will. Yeah, that is interesting because they do that. I mean, that seems to be one of the big takeaways of this report. Uh, I guess you know, I'll. I'll briefly read the the executive summary here at the beginning it says in two so this is 2009 they don't have 2020 data which would be interesting you know to see how covid impacted this but executive summary in 2019 just over half of americans ages six and older participated in outdoor recreation at least once the highest participation rate in five years however nearly half of the u.s population did not share in the proven positive health outcomes of physical activity that takes place outdoors. So 
basically, uh, you know, I, I, I thought that was interesting, I guess, that they also say the, the report highlights the enormous risks facing the outdoor industry. More must be done to change the, this trajectory for the health of the industry and the health of society, collective action through philanthropy, marketing and policies at the local, state and federal levels can help bring individuals and entire communities to the outdoors and inspire a nationwide outdoor habit. So, yeah, to, I guess that sort of Jeff echoes your point in that everything is sort of trending down. I mean, we in the hunting community hear and talk a lot about hunting going down, but it's it's uh bigger than than just hunting i guess uh, and they they spend a fair bit of time in here talking about youth and they say the youngest participants per, well per, let me try that again the youngest participants children ages 6 to 17 were outdoors far less average annual outings fell from a high of 91 per year in 2012 to just 77 per child participant in 2019 this represents a risk to future industry growth. So, Yeah, and this is the part that I think the most valuable piece of information from this is when you look at the non-participants, non-outdoor participants, when they ask them what outdoor activities they're most interested in, um, the highest one for both the 6 to 12 and 13 to 17 is fishing. They're interested in fishing. So, you know, that that kind of falls on us. Yeah. You know, like uh, that's that's a a problem our specific outdoor community can solve. And the second most is camping. Right. Right. So, like, yeah, while that's not always a part of hunting, it can you know, I would consider what we do down at deer camp camping. Right. I mean, we, we've got electricity, yeah. but but. You know, it's a it's a it's a form of camping, I guess. We're not camping right. in a and, tent by any means. Right. But right. And by the standards of this report, that would be camping, too. You know, when they classify okay. what they classify camping as, um, you know, they classify. Car camping, RV camping, you know, all oh. of the camping to get you outdoor gotcha. camping. You know, it's not just backcountry, backpacking, camping. Right. Okay. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah so I, and I, another thing is uh, when they said by non non participants um, by income bracket, everyone whose income, you know, the the top income, like the everyone whose income bracket was below seventy. 5,000 a year, you know, the three income brackets, their top, uh, the top thing that they said that they would be interested in is fishing, fishing, and then followed by camping. Okay. So yeah, that, that kind of falls on us, you know, maybe, you know, we talk about a lot about, you know, getting kids hunting, but maybe maybe fishing is a better gateway. Yeah. You know, there seems to be more interest and, 
you know, it's easier to get a kid interested in something that they're already interested in than getting them interested in something new. Right. You got to kind of meet them where they're at and hopefully expand from there. Or right. at least it would seem. Right. And I, I mean, I, I feel like the, that fishing is ranked so high because it's there, there is this interest in, in wildlife without killing. Right. You know, it's it, the hunting would be ranked just as high if it wasn't, if it didn't involve the killing. Right. You know, I think that's, you know, obviously with hunting, that's one of the, the, hardest things to to cope with if you will is the taking of a life yeah you know and it's you have to kind of understand the circle of life to to be okay with that yeah you know so i i think there's a lot of there's a lot of interest in kind of our sector of you know hunting fishing camping foraging um you know there's a lot of interest in that and that's the area that could really grow and get people outdoors you know i i would assume if you did this you know study probably you know 40 50 years ago you know a lot more people would be spending their time outdoors fishing and hunting right yeah there'd be a lot less recreational swimming or uh you know other things that they have here martial arts and team sports you know there'd be less of that and more hunting and fishing yeah the other thing i thought sort of along those same lines is uh this page here talking about most popular activities among young adults 18 to 24 and running is number one with 32.2 percent of young adults but hiking is number two with at 22 percent and I, I again like that feels you know hiking is you know some forms of hunting are kind of like hiking with like an, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say an end goal because a lot of times hiking is like, yeah, I'm going to hike this trail or I'm going to hike up to this peak or, you know, whatever. But like hunting, you're a big part of hunting is a lot of hiking in the woods or, right. You know, yeah. A lot of it's fields. taking your gun for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you really break it down like that, I mean, like you said, what is the difference between hiking and hunting other than if you're lucky, you get to harvest an animal, you know, I mean, really all we're doing is a lot of hiking and a little shooting. Especially <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, Jake and I's turkey hunting in the spring. We do a lot of, right. a lot of hiking, a lot of hike, right. A lot of taking little the shooting. shotgun for a walk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's but, true. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it, definitely. I think it, all of it just echoes. It's all just a, like Jeff said, it's like a transition from outdoor to indoor activity. I think if we just get 
sometimes I feel like we try to bite off too big of pieces. Like we need to get more people hunting. Yes, but I think we just need to get more people outside. <laughs> yeah. So that they can see what nature and the outdoors has to offer. And then we go from there, you know, like if that's hiking, you know, what, like bring someone instead of saying, hey, I'm going to take you hunting. Say, hey, I'm a, we're going to go hike around these woods all day. And if you don't mind, I'm going to carry my 22 with me. And if we see a squirrel, I'm going to shoot it. Right. <laughs> really, all we're doing is hiking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I so, mean, yeah. You know, it's, Rephrasing the way you present it to people. Right. Or, or I mean. Even without taking the 22, I think to your point, just getting people interested in activities outside and then let them go on that journey, right? Like everybody goes through this journey as a hunter, as an outdoorsman, where, you know, initially maybe it's just about killing something and you know that that to the uninitiated or or the non-hunter that sounds brash but like i just want to get something right and then and then you know maybe your standards change and then maybe you want to learn more about the habitat and learn more about the animal in order to pursue it better locate it better whatever you know and you and you go on this journey, multi-year, lifelong journey. And so, you know, maybe to your point, just getting them outside and teaching them a thing or two may be the thing that's like, huh, I, you know, kind of like that. I want to do that some more. And maybe they eventually, you know, say, oh, I'm going to, I went fishing as a kid. I'm going to get back into fishing or I'm going to, you know, I've been fishing for a while and, and I, you know, I really like, uh, catching and eating these fish. I, you know, what, what else can I, you know, catch and eat, you know, can I catch a deer? <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah. Well, like, and I mean, we didn't do a ton of it growing up necessarily but i know my dad like our dad did they, they called them survivor weekends or whatever you know like they would leave school friday and they wouldn't you know they would come home drop their backpack off and they'd go out in the woods and not come back till sunday night right they would you know they'd camp they would shoot what you know shoot whatever they're going to eat catch whatever they're going to eat and it's i mean it's just that's just what they did. It was fun. It's cool to say like, Hey, you know what? I can survive out here on my own. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, there's, I think it's ingrained in everybody. I mean, that's, we're made that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of getting back to that. And in some cases it's under a lot of layers of fear, doubt, whatever, you know, it's just yeah. getting people back to the outside where, for lack of a better way to put it, where we belong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the concept of like a survival weekend, you know, would be pretty foreign to kids nowadays. You know, oh, you know yeah. like, cause it was, I mean, cause yeah, like, I mean, when we were growing up, it was like, like, oh yeah, you know, that, that'd be something 
interesting to do, you know, but eh, we're going to pack all the food we need. Right. You know, and I think now it would be like, wait, what? Like, you want me to spend all weekend outside, like no electricity, um, you know, and like go hungry if I don't, you know, if I don't get food, I'm going to go hungry. What? Yeah. Maybe like there's Wi-Fi though, right? Right. Yeah. And like <laughs> what what <laughs> what's fun about that? Yeah. You know, like what what's the fun? I'm not I'm not understanding. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in it, Jeff, what's the best way to for people to find this document? Or are we gonna put it up on the website or something what's how, uh, how should we steer people to to find this document if they want to look into this yeah we could probably put it up on the website um if you also if you are interested in the organization uh, i'm trying to think what their outdoorfoundation.org is the is their website so okay you can go there and uh you know find a lot of information um you know i i think that this report is kind of the highlight of their stuff you know i mean they have other resources and data on, on there but this report in my opinion is kind of the highlight of the organization and what they're putting out there yeah and we i mean like i said there's a ton in this that i mean you could really pick this apart and uh, you know we're not gonna do that but there's certainly more in this than what we covered today so yeah yeah for sure so yeah worth uh at least a cursory uh review i would say and it you know like we said it seems like on one hand, you know, yeah, things are are trending downward, but but for hunting, it 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 was a little bit encouraging for me in that there's a lot of interest, or seems to be a lot of interest in activities that are, you know, not not a big leap from hunting. There's there's big interest in fishing, which is great. I love seeing that, and you know, there's you know, the hiking and camping interest, which isn't a big leap then to hunting. And so if, you know, we as the current hunting population could, uh, you know, keep that in mind, tap into that, you know, it seems encouraging in some ways for the future of, of hunting. I don't know if you guys felt that way or not, but yeah, I mean, I I definitely felt it was, you know, encouraging that hunting and fishing isn't alone in having decreasing numbers. Yeah. And that, yeah, a lot of the, the activities that there's interest in and a lot of the activities that are not necessarily growing, but growing in proportion to others. Um yeah, aren't aren't a huge leap, right? You know, because uh, 
in the past couple of years, there's been a, a slight uptick in archery, you know, which is just, just like recreational archery shooting. Yeah. Well, that's not a huge leap to, uh, well, now I want to, you know, try to harvest the animal. Right. This. You know, and uh, it was almost almost twice as many people are recreational archery shooting as are hunting with a bow. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. And that there's, that's kind of an untapped market. Like there's a lot of people who are proficient with archery, who all they need to do is take that, that one step. Right. Screw a broadhead on and aim aim at an animal. Right. It's it's not a huge leap whatsoever. Right. You know, yeah. they have kayak fishing on here is, you know, like kind of a new growing, you know, it, it wasn't on the report uh, when they started making the report back in uh, 2007. Like that wasn't even a category that people could say they participate in. And, you know, now it's on the list and it's a growing. uh activity so you know uh, that's kind of another thing is potentially kayak hunting you know where you're floating down a river um either waterfowl hunting or you know deer hunting or whatever squirrel hunting you know that that may be you know the next big thing who knows right yeah so all right well i think that's uh probably a good place to to switch it off like i said a lot more in this one and you know we may reference this in the future but yeah we thought it was worth at least discussing a little bit so all right that's it for this week as always thank you all for listening taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast and more importantly share it share it on your social media pages Share it with your hunting friends. Share it with your family. That means a lot to us. So if you liked it, if you thought it was interesting, share it to your social media page. That would that would uh, really help us get the word out and help the podcast grow. So I think I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.